Welcome to the WFNY CornerCast, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Hello and welcome to the WFNY CornerCast. I am your host, Joe Gerbs Gerberry, alongside Mitch uh, Ethan is somewhere in the uh, greater Columbus area, I believe. Uh, I think at last last report, uh, I think we uh, he had found a group of squirrels, possibly. Maybe even just farm animals. I don't actually know. Uh, he is Farmer Ethan. But uh, he is living in the trees, feeding off the land, living with his people now. Uh, just filling out his hopes and dreams as Farmer Ethan. No, uh, the greater Columbus area got... Uh, really hit hard with power outages this week. So Ethan got his power back last, uh, last night, I believe. And so he was trying to get uh, things back and ready in his home. So he is off for this week for podcasts and, uh, but he's doing well. We have spoken to him. He's working and everything like that. And everybody's good over there. So Mitch, how are you doing? I'm okay. Pretty tired. Stayed out a little too late, too many times tonight. My old body can't take it anymore. The, the Guardians are on the West Coast, so it does make for a little bit later of games, and that's a little rough. I've been I've been going to bed before the ends of games and then waking up to go, oh, cool. So <laughs> that's uh, that's always uh, a nice thing to wake yeah, up. Yeah, it's a pleasurable feeling. And this year or this weekend, luckily, is uh, Dodger Stadium. At least it's you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I can. Yes, I was able to sleep in a little bit. Right, weekend series. Uh, they're on Apple TV Plus tomorrow and Ooh, on Friday, and um, I think they they're, they have another. I think Saturday they have a televised another like nationally televised game. So I'm not 100 percent sure really? who is uh, who is recording that. But uh, they said on the telecast today that the uh, Rick and Matt have the next two days off. They said so. Oh wow! Um, Lucky them. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, do you have like a feeling of how they traditionally do on uh, national television? I'm just curious. I I'm don't. Not, I'm not attuned to the fan sentiment about this. They did well on the YouTube game. Um, this, and that generally has been fairly decent. But um, as far as, uh, hmm. you know, nationally televised, and, and again, this is a completely different group of people from last year. So we have. Yeah, they're, on, they're on straight Fox on Saturday. Gotcha. Channel eight in Cleveland. Nice. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. So uh before we go any further, we don't want to forget our guys over at breakingt.com. Go to breakingt.com backslash WFNY and it will take you to the Cleveland collection of gear. You got your guards gear on there, Browns and Cavs coming up. Um, I don't know what they have in the works for Browns things. We'll have to check in on that, but I know they have a uh Amari Cooper shirt on there if you're looking for brown stuff since that's heating up. But this is a Guardians cast, so yeah, want to. We're not we're not a uh, sports radio show. We don't have to talk about the Browns during baseball season. You know, it, I I like to I like to promote the things that we have. But uh, yes, it is, we are a Guardians podcast, so we definitely want to get you the Josh Naylor shirt, the Jose Sugar Skull. The King Kwan, that's those are the things that you are probably interested in if you are listening. So uh, that's Luplo. where we want to go. So what was that? Don't forget about Jordan Luplo. Yes, there is the Jordan loop. There it is. Uh that is still there 
on the best shirt. It's the best shirt they have. And he's not even on the team anymore. That's how great Jordan Leaflow was. (laughs) I was wearing my uh, Jose, Jose, Jose shirt yesterday. And my three-year-old saw it and was pointing out and trying to figure out what it was. And I was like, this is daddy's favorite player. And when he goes up to bat, they yell, they chant his name and go, Jose, 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 Jose. And she's like, so the all night, she would just randomly look at me and be like, Jose, Jose, Jose. <laughs> just like very offbeat because she's three. Um, oh, that's but, funny, uh, though. You got to indoctrinate them early. Very mm-hmm. adorable. Yes, yeah. you absolutely have to get mm-hmm. them and, no and, and hold them tight and keep them. They have a, so. they have a home run pitch shirt. I do believe they do. Oh, yeah. I think I don't. I think it's actually. I think out. it's a you know, bro. If I'm, uh, if I believe right. So, but there is a. They do have. I think at least one home run pitch esque shirt for Jose, which he's just he's just memeable. He's just memeable and lovable. He is. They need to get. I, I've got an idea nice. for them. They should. Uh, they should get one of the. Uh, you know how he wears the keychain with the picture of himself. Yes. I mean that is. The Very just a, a shirt of a, a shirt of him wearing his chain, that is a chain of him wearing his own chain. Exactly, you get it. Yeah. Just, so it's just it's literally it's it's just him holding his chain on your shirt. Mm-hmm. Then the chain has him holding his chain. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so I'm into it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's reminiscent of oh. the J.R. Smith uh, abdomen shirt after the. Uh, after the finals, which is which was this week, however many years ago that was, mm-hmm. so six. Anyway, I know math. Anyway, getting back to things that are pertinent to you who are listening. So uh, we are doing a, a mix since we've been mixing up our our styles. We've gone from stars and scrubs and and doing news and notes and stuff like that. So we're gonna do a little bit of a mix since it's uh, just the two of us. Uh, we do have news, and the uh, the biggest news is probably. Probably the one of the best news that's out there: the uh, minority sale, uh, uh, minority ownership sale, was approved by Major League Baseball today. So that means that David Blitzer and his team, the Harris Group, uh, are in for. I believe that it was reported twenty five percent. I heard I saw something of like thirty possible. Yeah, um, the thirty is what I saw. Twenty five to thirty. Uh, twenty five to thirty percent of the team is what uh that group owns at this at this point. Um, with the uh option to become fully vested with the majority owners uh within six years, if not sooner, if the Dolans want to. Uh, so basically, if uh Paul Dolan wants to cash out and say. You have the reins. I'm going to minority ownership, um, or he could get cash out entirely uh, within the next two years. He's able to do that, but it looks as though Blitzer will be the one that is in charge for uh, uh, after six years at, at the very latest. So, um, Mitch, what does that mean for this year? Since everybody's looking at it, thinking now we've got the guy, let's get some money in. Um, is is that money coming this year? Is this better for the long term than it is for to uh, the for twenty twenty two? Well, I can't possibly pretend to know exactly what this means. Um, baseball finances are famously not public, um, so we can't possibly know what the you know the situation economically was uh, before this went through uh, versus after. Uh, for all we know, um, 
Paul Dolan and company were acting as if, um, you know, they knew this was going to go through. I mean, that could explain the Jose Ramirez signing and the Miles Straw signing. It's like by the end of those contracts, it's no longer going to be Paul Dolan's money or, or mostly Paul Dolan's money, but rather David Blitzer's money. So that could explain uh, some of these longer term commitments we've seen recently. And if that's the case, who knows how much more uh, Blitzer is looking to spend right away. Um, or alternatively, they could have just been like, wow, our payroll was embarrassingly low. We need to sign some people. Uh, then they did it and it had nothing to do with the Blitzer purchase. And in that case, like, who knows? I mean, they could be active in the free agent market after the season. They could, uh, you know, trade for a, a big name and, and try and re-sign him, uh, a la Braves and Matt Olson. Uh, you know, there, there's certainly more hope for actual financial investment in this team than there ever has been when it happens is a, uh, is a, is a question and whether it happens is still not certain either. Uh, but it certainly isn't bad news. And there seems to be a lot tying Cleveland or tying the, the franchise to the city of Cleveland, uh, the, the lease being the big one. Um, and in Jack Mazel's piece on the athletic, he reported that multiple sources think that uh, Blitzer intends to invest in commercial real estate around the stadium, which is kind of the nouveau riche uh, ownership groups MO lately. That's kind of what they all do is they, they buy up the area around lease out restaurants, whatever hotels, things to do uh, and kind of, get their own little empire, their own little pearl in the middle of the city. So that's kind of what you can expect uh, short to medium term from Blitzer. Uh, but really, we have no idea. Yeah. And people online, of, of course, were acting completely rational um, and, you know, calling for a Brian Reynolds trade and and all of the all of the ilk, which could happen, could happen. We don't know. We don't know. We don't have any idea. Because no. there's still, I'm, I'm sure, hundreds, if not thousands of loops that uh, every party needs to go through on both of those sides to uh, to finalize for 2022. But uh, the the long term, as you said, you know, he's going to seemingly bolster the team, allow for a little bit more of a cash flow in than uh, what it, just as a minority or minority owner, he is adding that flow in. So it's possible that they're going to be looking to lock some more guys up. It's possible that they could be uh, moving to uh, moving some of these prospects for longer term guys this year, or or moving free agents in the uh, in the off season. Who knows? So yeah, no, it is worth noting that um, you know as much as we all um, kind of complain about the spending habits of this organization, and rightfully so, it is very well deserved. Um, we have to recognize the positives that have come out of the Dolan ownership. And there is some question of whether or not that can continue going forward. Um, you know, this team has had incredible organizational stability in the front office. Uh, they have, uh, I can't think of a better word than bread. And that sounds kind of gross, but they have kind of fostered. That's a much better word. Fostered. A number of front office. Uh, you said bread, and my immediate brain went to focaccia, but <laughs> as it should, the best kind of bread. Right. But no, um, I, you know, they they fostered a number of front office uh, members throughout baseball. 
Um, this is an incredibly well-run baseball department. Uh, if a unfortunately uninvested in uh, roster. So it is worth noting that five, 10 years down the road, we can't count on that organizational stability we have right now. And uh, I mean, the grass is always greener. It would be great to see them spend money, but the back of my mind is a little nervous about, uh, you know, what happens if they have a season that, you know, is unexpected two seasons is David Blitzer going to be the type of owner that takes matters into his own hands. That is a scary thought. Um, so sorry to end this little segment with a, a down. Oh yeah. There's always, there always is a devil, you know, devil, you don't and, and do it and to an extent. And uh, there is always, there's, there's, there is, there has to be some clouds for there to be a silver lining and uh, you know, so wow what you're you got all the cliches there derbs i did you know i'm here for it that's what i do i'm i'm a dad i've been a dad for a while so i've got a lot of practice of just mowing down all of the things so Mm -hmm. uh let's uh since 2013 uh the guardians have uh the fourth most wins in mlb i say doesn't Uh, tito have the like the mo- like this either the most or the second most wins since being the manager. Yeah, since being the manager, you're talking AL. He's got the second most wins um, in the AL since becoming the manager in 2013, and Cleveland has the fourth most overall since uh, since Terry Francona came into management. And then if you look at 2000 since 2005, which was the first year they were good, kind of in that post 90s run. Right. Um. They drop all the way to sixth in MLB uh, in wins and third, nope, fourth, sorry, fourth in the AL. Uh, so this has been a wildly successful team over the course of the last, you know, whatever, however, eight year period, uh, you know, third, uh, what is it now? 18 year period. Yeah. All the way back to 2005. It's been a really successful team and right. uh, it's kind of scary to change some things up, but yeah. overall, let's be excited. Right. So, uh, moving on, uh, we want to go over what we, what the record was, uh, for the guardians since we recorded last, uh, they were, they are six and one, uh, 37 runs in those games, uh, 29, uh, runs allowed. So they got a little bit lucky. Um, the, it's not their, their point differential is not to, uh, point, point. I said, I said point, didn't I? Uh, Yeah. It's run differential. Run differential is not uh, as high as it is on the season, but uh, in that span, it, it's it's pretty decent. Playoff odds on Fangraphs are up to thirty five point three. So, um, what is what has been up this week? We've uh, we we've seen them uh, come away a little bit, uh, and 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 maybe make a little bit of a move into the uh, for the division with Minnesota. You know, kind of struggling a little bit, even though Byron Buxton went nuts. I almost acquired him in fantasy and I did not. And I was mad about it. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. 
As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Um, what uh, what have you seen over this last week? Uh, I know we're going to get into Stars and Scrubs later uh, of who actually performed well, but um, what have you seen as a team that uh, looks good on paper for us, uh, for the team to have moved up so much in the playoff odds since we recorded last? Yeah, I mean, what's really happening is they're regressing to the mean. Um, they've had, uh, to start the season, they had a lot of big wins and and tough losses. Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked on this podcast before about base runs, or um, which is Fangraphs' version, or Baseball Prospectus' third-order winning percentage. Essentially, these are things that strip out the context and look at player performances to uh, kind of predict uh, win-loss record. And Cleveland... Uh, Cleveland's performances going before last week strongly predicted that they should have been three, four games better. Uh, now we're back all the way down to one game better. Um, they've won a lot of close games. They've had timely hitting. They've had timely pitching. They've allowed lots of base runners that haven't come around to score. Usually they do come around to score. So we're getting some positive regression. Uh, so, you, t- you know, and we'll take it. Absolutely, we'll take it. So, yeah. You know, this is kind of at this point, this 32 and 27 record, this is kind of who they've been all year. And they just didn't have much luck to show for it. Now, you know, stranding guys on first and second, you know, in like every ninth inning uh, against Colorado is very, very clutch. And right. uh, a whole bunch of whole bu- turning double plays is helpful when, uh, you know. Yeah, man. That was, that was, that was some crazy uh, ground ball inducing by class a there yeah um but no i mean really what it comes down to is they were getting unlucky this week they've been a little lucky balance it out this is about who they are um and that's really exciting um because they're the youngest team in baseball uh by far right yep uh and they got i don't actually know if they got older or younger when they made their roster move but um uh, they did make a roster move today before uh, the game with Colorado. Um, they called up Anthony Castro, and they sent down Connor with a K, Pilkey Smooth. Uh, Connor Pilkington uh, is down in Columbus now. Um, so they called up the bullpen arm with Castro to cover them over the weekend series with the Dodgers as they head out to L.A. Um, Pilk. Uh, started yesterday's game, so he's not. He wasn't going to be pitching over the um, over the time frame, so it makes sense that they uh, sent him down. Um, and and per the report of Andre, not during today's broadcast, um, Aaron Sabale seems to be back from or about ready to be back from uh, his uh, glute injury. Um, Looks to be starting one of the Minnesota games next week, one of the early ones, possibly Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, also, they are looking at bringing back Fran Mill Reyes um, after this LA series once they return to a more close uh, time zone. No point in having him come out to LA to leave again the day after 
plus it gives him a couple more games to get right in Columbus. And uh, he's been doing he's been doing well. Um, but these are some some moves that are be, that are possibly helpful for a playoff push. You know, adding Savale, adding Reyes, adding that that bullpen arm while they still have the ability to have the bullpen arms. Um, what the the big one, obviously, Savale returning to the rotation. That one's just set in stone. We already knew that was going to be happening. We're all kind of okay with that. Connor Pilkington was great. Aaron Savale can be decent, so um, can be at least better at this point in time. He hasn't proven elsewise. Um, the big question mark is Fran Mill. What uh, what do you do with Fran Mill when he does return? Who is he replacing on the roster as it stands? Um, what are your feelings? I know I have mine and what I expect to have happened. I, I, I've tweeted a little bit, posted on our Discord. What, uh, Mitch, are your would your roster move be when Fran Mill is ready to return from the uh, injured list? Yeah, I mean, Richie Palacios is probably going to get called down um, and sent down, rather, and when Fran Mill is activated. And I think he's going to have to earn his way back into the lineup. I mean, I think he's going to get similar levels, maybe a little more uh, plate appearances than, than Palacios, but I don't think you can just write him into the lineup every day when you've got so many guys hitting right now. Um, you know, and, and, and hopefully he, he, you know, is, is enthused by the challenge and, uh, you know, it, it lights a fire under his belly and, and maybe, maybe it does that. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it's just more pressure for him. Uh, and that's kind of the tricky situation. That's why he's Terry Francona and I'm me because he has a read on players and kind of what makes them tick. Um, but yeah, I just can't see them just plugging him and playing him in the lineup. The way he started the season and the way this team has been playing, it just doesn't make much sense to me. What, what do you think? Uh, I, I would, my roster move is the Oscar Mercado uh, designation for assignment. Um, that is my that. guess. It, it matches it matches the handedness of the bats. With if, if that makes any kind of difference to anybody. Um, Mercado's barely, barely playing this, you know, as, as we're going along anyway. Um, but right-handed bat, right -handed bat um, I, I I hadn't – you brought up a good point that I hadn't considered. This does move some things with regards to it, – it affects Josh Naylor. It affects Owen Miller. It affects possibly even Ahmed Rosario at this point. Um We've seen, we've talked about how good Oscar Oscar Gonzalez has been, um, and I don't think he is the one that is going to be on the uh, cutting room floor back in Columbus. I do think that he has earned more of a right than Richie Palacios. I feel like it, I feel like it's between uh, Palacios or Mercado for me. Um, Oscar seems to be safe for now, but um, if you do if you do plug in Reyes into every the everyday designated hitter, that means Naylor's playing where outfield. It means he's playing first base every day, and that means you're moving Owen Miller's bat to second base, and that moves Andres to shortstop, and that moves Ahmed to where, and you know. <laughs> 
uh, the uh, the Atlanta Braves are the hot new Twitter, uh, the Guardians Twitter uh, team since they uh, lost Ozzy Albies. But um, that's yeah, that's a it fits a need. I don't know necessarily that uh, Atlanta is interested in it or not, but you know. I don't know. Last time they acquired Rosario, it worked out pretty well. Oh, you use my joke. Dang it. That's what I've been <laughs> saying. Um, it's such an easy one. It is. And, you know, and that's the thing with dad jokes. They're they're easy jokes. They're anyway. Just there. They're just there. Um, but yeah, it, it putting putting Fran Mill in this in this lineup in this on this roster as it currently is constructed does have a it's lot tricky. of musical chairs. And it's, like it, you it, it moves it a lot. Right. And if you do your move where they DFA Oscar Mercado, your starting outfield is Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, and um in right field you got Oscar. And then your backup outfielders are Richie Palacios and Framiel Reyes. And and Big Earn. Yeah, sure. I mean it he can play left field left field fine. Yes. It's it's there as a possibility. Yeah, but and, I mean, maybe better than than those other guys actually. But. Yes, I at least on defense, I feel like, but um, not what you want. Yeah, if is a Fran Mill coming in to spell Oscar Gonzalez in right field <laughs> is not what you want in a uh, close, you know, close game coming down the line. Right, but, it's um, a scary thought. Yeah, so it's it, it is a little bit of a of of a, some worrisome here, but. Um, yeah, it, it, there is a game of musical chairs that has to happen. That uh, I'm not real sure that you want it. Who's whose bat do you take out of the lineup? Because as uh, this is a nice little segue, as we're moving into stars and scrubs, uh, whose bat do you take out? My stars and scrub of the week you're, was. We're uh, gonna go with mine first, since you have you have labeled Mitchell's secret one as yeah. the uh, as your star. So I'm going to go with mine. Which is Ahmed Rosario, uh, the much maligned on this podcast. Ahmed Rosario has been uh, on fire this week. Um, he hit his first home run of the year yesterday. Had a nice little uh, defensive play at shortstop, Robin, a uh, dive of a play. Um, but five extra base hits on the week: uh, 455, 455, and eight eighteen. So uh, I don't know if. The, the first two numbers being the same, generally not a great signal that you are doing well means you haven't been taking any kind of walks or pitches. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're hitting the ball as well as Ahmed is, Correct. that ball probably looks a little bit like a beach ball. So you're just swinging away at whatever you got. So you're right. It's not good when they're the same, except when it's 455. Except when it's 455. Yeah. Then it's okay. You yeah. want that second number to be 455. When the first one is 455, that's great. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're exactly. okay with the second one being 45, and the and the first one's that one as well. No, it so. was and it was kind of a cool moment when he hit his first homer uh, this year. Um, yeah, they gave him the silent treatment, which is usually reserved to rook- for rookies, but uh, that was wonderful to see. Yes, that like, was that was this, nice. This team he, is he, uh, fun. Yeah, he's had he's had some rockets. He had the. The hardest hit ball by a guardian this year, uh, I think it was 116, they said, off the 115.8, something like that off the bat. Yeah. It was spiked immediately into the ground, but it went for a double up the middle. So, um, you know, kudos to him for having the uh, that belt. If they if they made one, he can carry it for a while. 
Um, and then I think the Homer was the furthest one of the year for the Guardians as well, right? That's also, I do believe so as well. So yeah. back-to-back, uh, those were back-to-back days too, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, he's my he's my star. Uh, as, I, as I said, I think over the weekend, um, the Dodgers are going to play, or are bringing all their lefties. So Ahmed is definitely going to be in the lineup. Um, it remains to be seen how much... Uh, Andres Jimenez actually plays uh, over the weekend because they yeah. they like to uh, really keep him away from uh, left-handed starters. But um, yeah, it, Ahmed definitely has some runway right now, and uh, he is he's making himself look attractive to player or to t- other teams like Atlanta or Oakland for uh, the inevitable Cake Murphy trade. Um, however, whatever, whatever works for ever, anybody, um, you know, uh, the, he, he's, he is performing well. There is a spot for him on the roster right now uh, and, uh, his bat is doing things. So, yeah. Is he, is he playing his, uh, trade value up a little bit? I think that's what, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I, I read an article this week because I have a long-term, uh, AL only league and I have, uh, Vinny Pasquatino on my uh on my na slot and i'm waiting for uh them to deal carlos santana away so you should trade him to open up the vinny spot you should trade vinny pasquatino because either he's really good and he haunts your dreams as a cleveland fan, or he's bad and he hurts your fantasy team so if you trade him now you save yourself all that emotion 100 percent however i am in last place in this league and it's a keeper league so i would get to give him in 19th round next year so Oh, gotcha. That's yeah. well. He's super valuable then. Yes. Um, anyway, but uh, just okay. the 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 pathway with which I'm at on this one was playing. Uh, they are continually playing Carlos Santana t- for him to hopefully up his trade value, uh, which may Not be a way that they're that some maybe something they're trying to do with uh, Ahmed Rosario right now. Uh, play play up his trade value at short so that way everybody sees how good he is. Yeah, uh, he made else? that sweet play so. too. Off of uh, was that off of Clement's glove? He was there and field and fired the first. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, not known for his defense, but he's got sweet physical skills. Anyway, um, I'll yes. give you hit my, me with your hit me with your secret one. I'm gonna hit you with your the honorable mentions first. That um, works. I should we we would be remiss without uh, pointing out in a week that was. Not the most impressive pitching week for the Guardians. Uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Gave up tons of base runners. Didn't strike out too many batters. And gave up a lot of homers. Just kind of had them well distributed so that a lot of the homers were solo shots. Um, But we would be remiss without mentioning Emmanuel Classe, who has in in the last week has induced more double plays than he has strikeouts which uh, could be a bad thing. In this case, not a bad thing because he has three appearances and three double plays uh, and two strikeouts. Uh, He has been absurd. Well, he was absurdly impressive saving back-to-back-to-back games in Colorado. Uh, And then there are just several hitters who are doing well. Oscar Gonzalez, 26 more PAs, nine more hits, including four doubles. And just another 160 WRC plus. Ho-hum, we're used to it now. Uh... I'm just kidding. It's still awesome to see him do well. Um, and, you know, keep hoping it continues. I'm still skeptical. Sponge, but- o- Sponge Oscar Square Gonzalez. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. 
now. And I, <laughs> something I something I wrote this week that I was very proud of in a footnote was Sponge Oscar Square Gonzalez. And I just wanted to make sure that I literally said those words out loud so I wasn't the only one <laughs> to hear it in my own head. Nice. Stephen Kwan. Um, I meant we we talked about Ahmed Rosario's cool defensive play. Stephen Kwan had a cooler defensive play and also hit a cool 383, 421, 383, bunch of singles, 140 WRC plus. Good job, Stephen Kwan. They should bat you against lefties. Uh, Jose Ramirez, of course, uh, for in his 27 PAs this week, 480, 519, 960, which and six doubles and two homers, uh, and a triple, I believe. Uh, but I could be wrong about the triple. He's up to almost four uh, Fangraphs war on the season and close to the league lead. Continues to be impressive. Uh, so none of those guys, though, like really, really stood out as doing something fascinating to me. But the offense as a whole is doing something really interesting. So my secret one is the offense as a whole, um, which is absolutely crushing it right now. Um, I they- really wish you had had like some sort of a, a link in the doc that we have that's the notes that was like mitch's secret one and it just like clicks and unloads for me so i can see it but uh no we did not no i had to keep it a secret from you um yeah that was the whole point of writing it was my secret one um no he had so in uh the last seven days including today no not including today uh, unfortunately, just because the way uh, Fangraphs uploads its stats, Cleveland has a 13.5% strikeout percentage as a team. That is insanely low. That is 2.8 percentage points lower than the next lowest, Kansas City. And the difference between them and Kansas City is as great as the difference between Kansas City and 12th place Cincinnati. So they are absolutely not striking out. Uh, and that's not even... Um, you know, considering the fact that Jose Ramirez has struck out a little bit more lately, or that is including, I should say, the fact that Jose Ramirez uh, has been striking out a little bit more lately, although it does not include his two strikeout day today. Um, anyway, as a team, they have a 121 WRC plus. Turns out when you put the ball in play a lot, uh, a lot of those have chances to be uh, hits, and they have debit 324 over the week. Uh, which has been wonderful. So if you hate strikeouts, this has been the week to watch Cleveland baseball. I I do hate when my team strikes out. I enjoy <laughs> when my team gets strikes out, strike out. Of course, wow. of course. If you hate watching your team strike, strike out, like this Guardians team is the team for you. And like, if you're talking to a Guardians fan who's like kind of an old timer, like a traditional guy, and he complains, I'm using he because of course it's he in this situation. And he complains about a like, oh, these guys today just strike out too much. You know, you know that they why haven't you, really- Why don't you put on a game? Why don't you yeah, watch a little bit? They haven't really been paying attention because uh, no one strikes out less often than, than Cleveland does. And it's been quite fun to watch. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Yeah, these guys are that yeah, they're 
they are performing the way that we thought they would, that they were early in the year, and they are making it hard on opposing pitchers. So, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Moving on to scrubs. Uh, I will uh, start out, as I mentioned, uh, Connor with a K, Pilkey Smooth, Connor Pilkington. Uh, in his two starts that he had uh, during this week, 10 innings pitched, only five strikeouts, uh, same amount of walks, five walks, allowed a home run, gave up eight runs. Obviously, he is back now in Columbus. Um, just not what you want um, from your your spot starter. Obviously, it's kind of what you expect a little bit, but um, he had pitched so well in that one game. He um, had eight strikeouts in six innings, and um, just couldn't right. uh, just couldn't keep the ball in the in, in in the in the realm there that he was uh, going with, and and he is now uh, going to be working on some stuff with Columbus and those guys. Um, the the bigger bummer part to that is that he is taking the roster spot that was open, the rotation spot rather. And we're not seeing uh, any of the double A guys moving up to uh, prepare. Uh, no Joey Cantillo, no the one and only Logan Allen's moving up. Uh, no Daniel Spinos wreaking havoc on triple uh, A hitting. Um, it is uh, we are we're getting more of Connor Pilkington back there. So I will do the honorable mentions so that way you can go to your next one there, Mitch. Uh, the other ones that were uh, brought up in the scrubs section, uh, Miles Straw is he is on one right now, um, and not in a good way. Twenty four PAs over the week, a zero eight three zero eight three zero eight three triple slash line. If the two num- if the first two numbers are not supposed to be the same number, all three numbers are not supposed to be the same number, especially when that number starts with zero. Uh, negative 63 WRC plus. Um, he didn't really have any cool defensive plays, but nothing is going to help out that line right now. Yeah, some cool defensive plays. I mean, every play that he makes is cool. I, he, I, yeah, he's, he's a good He, he runs balls down in the gap that, like, you know, in previous iterations of this team, they would have had to make a diving attempt at. He, and he just, you know – glides over to make the catch not this, saying this does raise a good point because they'd had and i wanted to make sure i mentioned this um for Bodie, as i mentioned in our on our discord someone mentioned that the the team is the elite defensively and it was brought up that i i questioned it when i saw it because it to me they make routine they make hard plays look routine and so when there is a mistake, it becomes glaring. So like when they had whatever it was that was last night where they, oh, when the, the Naylor, uh, it was Saturday, the Naylor uh, miscue at first that should have been an inning, inning in a double play. It was up. last night. No, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. It was five days ago. Listen, I have had weird stomach flus all week. My wife has had weird stomach flus. My kid has had diarrhea. We Wouldn't are... that make it feel longer ago, not yesterday, though? Wouldn't that make it be like... Oh, no, my time, my sense ago. of time is completely off. There was also <laughs> something last night that that made me quite... That was like that people online were like, oh, the defense. But then it was mentioned they're just so good defensively that when they make mistakes, it's become more glaring. 
So that was that was the point I was trying to make. So Andres Jimenez made an error in um in extra innings on what was that Monday night and the, oh no Tuesday night sorry um and that was a that was unfortunate a rare error from him but frustrating time frustrating time yeah it's because it just happened at the at the wrong time so speaking yeah. of Andres Jimenez uh he was the other uh, honorable mention scrum that we had uh only 16 PAs um had a bunch of uh I uh, had a bunch of left-handers on the uh, docket. So um, 214, 313s, uh, triple slash. Um, he was caught stealing. He was able to uh, garner two unintentional walks plus one intentional walks that loaded the bases. Um, and uh, But yeah, he, he's he's been scuffling a little bit. Um, still getting a... a he had a he had a decent game today. I think he had he went. Did he have two hits today? I know he had at least one when I was watching. I it was yeah, in between. I don't, I don't don't remember exactly. I was in, it was in between taller uh, feeding times and yogurt openings. Um, Ooh, yogurt openings. Yeah. Um, but what kind, uh, of, what kind of are they? Danimals. I I wish they were Danimals. They are the yo crunch. They are the only yogurts that they will eat. The ones with like M and M's or Oreos that you. Uh, meter in, so yeah, no, Jimenez had uh, he went one for two, but he had two walks today. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, Andres Jimenez just has been a little bit, I, I think he's just out of rhythm of not having not playing every day. Um, yeah, and man. so it's it's caught a he's little bit where he's every day. This is stupid, yeah. And, and I, I get having Clement on the roster, I get needing, you know. Days off during the week and all those things, but when your option is giving Ernie Clement a start against a left-hander or giving Andres Jimenez the start, it really shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, dude's been the second best player on the team this year. You should play right. every day. Yep. Um, when you're when you're when you're the the second most viable all-star on the roster. You absolutely should be starting every day, and not and not not in a platoon with Ernie Clement. I would argue that Emmanuel Classe. There's at least a case for Emmanuel Classe to be number two. But I agree. I'm going. I say I'm going voting just because that's what uh, that's where we're at. But yes, because yes. it's only yeah. Okay. Clement, I say Classe definitely will be a, will be awarded one. But um, yeah, and I can also see Tristan. Yeah, I don't know the homers lately. Anyway. Uh, my okay. scrub is a pitcher that not many of you will be familiar with, but he has been an important cog in the um, Guardians bullpen at various times this year. The Guardians have had expectations for this player all year to various degrees. And this week, all players, uh, this player, I should say. Uh, this this had, one, this, this one, one player, yeah. And you guys, like I said, you might not have heard of him. It's uh, Nick Voram de los San Fangis. Uh, that's Nick Voram de los San Fangis. Uh, and de los San Fangis. All right. If you haven't, if uh, it's not very obvious that this is Nick Sandlin, uh, Eniel de los Santa, Santos, uh, Trevor Stephan, and uh, Sam Hengis. Uh Watching you type that in the doc was worrisome to me like i almost tried to like 
call your roommate to see if you could check on you as a, a stroke victim. Yeah, just that's like, fair. I'm you've, looking at you've stroke gone just face first items. into the the keyboard at this point. Yeah, no, I uh, that is a reasonable uh, Nick Vorum De Los San Fijis, though fan just though is a pretty great name like. That belongs in like year twenty one fifty eight of your like you know MLB the Show franchise mode. Um, anyway, that quad quartet—that's the word. That quartet of pitchers uh, pitched eleven innings out of relief uh, and gave up five homers. Uh, so that's not cool. Uh, luckily, uh, they only gave up six total runs, so a lot of those were solo shots. Uh, but I'm only mainly worried about the homers. Uh, these are guys that at various points throughout the season uh, have been relied upon in high leverage situations. Those are situations where you can't be allowing homers. Um, and so to allow five in only 11 innings is pretty scary. Um, obviously, you know, it's one week and it's relief pitching and they played in Colorado. Um, but like they also played Oakland and Oakland's not good. And Oakland hit a lot of homers off this bullpen. I uh, didn't include Eli Morgan, who gave up an unfortunate grand slam. Um, but Eli Morgan also gave up a big homer. Um, yeah, just not what you want. Just not what you want out of guys who, um, you know, will be high leverage guys again throughout the season. So I'm going with Nick Voram de los Sanfengis. Gesundheit. <laughs> so. Uh, as uh, as I was mentioning in our Discord, the the circle of trust in the bullpen is Class A and Eli Morgan, and then there is another name in there, but I don't know. It's not Nick Voram de los Sanfanges, uh, and I I can <laughs> That's guarantee. That's great pronunciation. I, I I I catch on real quick. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would say maybe Trevor Trevor Stephan, um, Brian Shaw just kind of scared me today. So that was why I was bemoaning the He's fact so that bad today. And he did that, so that was bemoaning the fact that he was in his third uh, um, third start of uh, third start in three days or third third appearance in three days. Yeah, I can say words. My my um, theory about that is that uh, you know he talked to Terry Francona or something, and he was like, you know. I want to prove it to Colorado that I'm good. Um, after they gave him, a, I believe, a three-year, $28 million dollar deal. Yeah, he's just like, I, pitch me every day, man. Pitch me every day. I, I did see, I did post uh, in our Discord uh, a a text version of a meme of Tito saying, stop giving me your strongest battles, God. And God saying, I just don't want you to pitch Brian Shaw three days in a row. So that was me trying to yeah. say a dead joke. Okay. And it flopped. Anyway, yes. moving ahead, uh, let's look ahead at what is coming up. Um, we mentioned earlier uh, with the roster moves that are coming, um, this team is going to go to L.A. Uh, they're probably already on a plane to L.A. currently. Um, they're going to play the Dodgers for three. They have three in Minnesota. After that, they co- they have Monday off. So that's their travel day. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they are in Minnesota. Um, Getting going three out of three out of those, uh, hopefully with yes, two of three. the win, two of the wins against the Twins, possibly. Um, That's what I'm imagining is like, yeah, you know, t- taking one from LA and two from Minnesota, I think is an 
optimistic, not optimistic, but like a good realistic goal. Yeah. Um, gain some ground on Minnesota. Do you know who they play this weekend? I did not check the Minnesota roster, but um, yeah, LA is just so hard. There's, it, it's such a, a, a block, blockbuster of a roster. And um, someone was asking about, uh, should they drop this person for, uh, should they drop Gavin Lux to pick up somebody in fantasy? And I said, to have Gavin Lux as like a three a game three games a week guy for LA is just ridiculous. It, it's it's a, they're oversaturated with potential and players, and, and to have a guy like Gavin Lux just sitting on your bench, just available to you that he would be a starter for twenty five other teams. Yeah, and, and you know it, it's it's just it's not it's not fun. Hey, if Romeo comes back and hits, the Guardians will come back. have room for everyone. For sure. Yeah, um, basically what I'm saying is the Guardians and Dodgers are the same. Anyway, absolutely. Oh, uh, 100%. You don't yeah. want to you don't want to cut uh Oscar Gonzalez. So. No, no. no. And and then uh Minnesota this weekend plays Arizona. Um so hopefully uh you know, everyone's a Diamondbacks fan this week. Sure. Yeah. I have I have fam I have le- legitimate actual like these are not just like friends that I call family. I have actual family in uh, in L- in Arizona, so um, we're definitely Diamondbacks fans this week. So yeah, let's no get uh, yeah. I think that that covers it for me. Are you good, Mitch? You got anything else? Yeah. You gotta spend an exciting week. 61? It is, um, and like I said, the Guardians are on Apple Plus tomorrow, Fox proper on Saturday, and then uh, regular game before on Sunday. So I think it's at four on Sunday. Is, it, um, is that right? Oh yeah, because it's in LA. It's in LA. Yeah. Of course, of course. Of course. So, um, don't get me into other accents and voices. I don't want to go down that path. Um, I will show a lot of, a lot of weirdness that I have. So, um, but anyway, uh, this is Joe Gerbs wrapping it up for the WFNY Cornercast this week. Uh, you guys take care and. Uh, Love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> so, no. Right.